I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Don't tell the other podcasts. I should go. So, you know how I have a chaotic streak? Um, yeah, that's why we're friends. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not friends with you because you're normal. <laughs> Uh, so today I found out that it's, it's partly genetic. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Short story long, my mom texted me a couple weeks ago and asked me what I wanted for Christmas because I can't afford to make it down there. They don't want to come up here. It's a whole thing. So I basically just told her, I'm like, just send me money. It's easier than you trying to buy me some video game thing that you don't know anything about. Um, just tell her to buy you Bonestorm or go to hell. <laughs> so I was like, just just send cash. She agrees. That's fine. We move on with our lives. Okay. So I got a text message today from FedEx being like, hey, your shipment from Target is, is coming today. And I'm like, that's weird. I didn't order anything from Target. FedEx has proven to me specifically time and time again that they are bad at their jobs. I didn't really think anything out of it. I'm like, it's probably just a misscan, whatever. Later in the day, I got a notification that my package had been delivered. And I'm like, again, I didn't order anything, but okay. So I go downstairs and the box is pretty big. And sure enough, it was addressed to me. Fine, whatever. Bring it upstairs to the apartment. And I open it. And it's a four-pound bag of dog biscuits and a rice cooker. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that the dog biscuits are for Caden. Yes. Okay. I just want want to clarify because I'm like, that's a really good gag gift, Mom. (laughs) And I saw on the invoice that it was sent from my mom. So I called my mom and I'm like, hey, a weird thing happened to me today. A rice cooker showed up that I did not order know anything about it and she's like yeah so the last time i was talking to you you mentioned that you were out of dog biscuits caden has a lot of food allergies so there's these specific biscuits that i get for him they're sometimes hard to find oh yeah mom that's so sweet yes so she is like so i found the biscuits but target does this thing where you have to spend a certain amount in order to get free shipping right So she's like, so I bought you a rice cooker. (laughs) (laughs) So you spent an extra $35 on a rice cooker just so that you could get your $8 worth of free shipping. Rice cookers are a godsend. Now, if you can cook (laughs) rice regularly and not screw it up, shout out to Eileen because I'm not you and I love you. Um, (laughs) I, on the other hand, have committed almost like Sims-like kitchen atrocities trying to make rice. So rice cookers (laughs) are the best. I love them. And also making jasmine rice in a rice cooker. Magnifique. Yeah. So, like, I'm not mad about it. It was just, like, the most, like, chaotic way to solve a problem that wasn't really a problem. But at least she did that. And she's not, like, low-key being like, your rice is trash. (laughs) I spent the better part of the last X amount of years cooking for them on a pretty regular basis. So, she knows I know how to cook some rice. So, yeah. That's my mom. Solving her problems in the most chaotic, good sort of way. <laughs> That's so adorable. Yeah. She's Unfortunately, best. I did not 
bring a rice cooker. I just brought a really hacky cough and a lot of unnecessary self-titled Blink-182 references. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, good job us and yay Christmas. And it's been a while. It has been a while. You know what also has been a while? This theme song. That's right. right through me <laughs> oh now i want to hear that drum solo that drum solo is everything it does not need to go as hard as it does but i'm appreciative of the fact that it does but that's blink 182 in general and this is what kills me and i i swore to you before we started i was not going to get on a soapbox <laughs> but as much as everybody's all like, yay, Tom's back, whatever. Like, have you not realized that the thing that made Blink-182 what they were was there the entire time? Yeah. Since, like, 98, 99. Name is Travis. He's great. Hey, friend. Hi, friend. And hello, everybody listening. Hi, other friends. <laughs> we have other friends. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Uh, you are listening to Talking Like a Teen, the podcast where we have a tendency to rush back into our past. I am Tom DeLong's chorus from Down. Um, I am Cementos. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about, as we often do these year-end, like, our favorite songs, whatever, like... I've always tried to come with, like, some sort of way to encapsulate the year, and honestly... That picture, that screenshot yeah. you sent me. Cementos is it. Yeah, Cementos is 2022. <laughs> oh, man. I love him so much. I just want to hug him, and it's just like, oh. And he'd, he'd hate every second of it. It's the best. But it's like, <laughs> we don't want to take him for granted. Ha! So, I appreciate everybody who did listen to our November episodes. A lot was going on, y'all. Between Thanksgiving, me being sick, our lives were just wacky, and I thought it was really cool that we were able to revisit the Jennifer Hale episode for In Seven Day, which, um, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about that probably in 2023, because um, if you thought we were done with Mass Effect, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> so we've done kind of an episode talking mostly about ME1. We've done an episode kind of mostly talking about ME2. I want to talk about ME3, because ME3 is my favorite, and it does not get enough love. Really? Yeah. That's something I've not heard from a lot of people, that 3 is their favorite. Yeah, it's because most people are wrong. Anyway. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Ashley judges are listeners. <laughs> no, I think... <sighs> it's okay. Get that righteous indignation out. Let's go. Talk your shit, Bergie. I think The Discourse, capital T, capital D, aside, there's a very good game there, and I think people need to shut the fuck up about it. Nice. Um, bra, bra. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. That is a future episode. Today we're doing end of year playlist shit. 
Yeah, if you have been listening to this show for a long period of time, you know that these episodes tend to be our most involved, sometimes our most stressful, and also our most fun because we don't approach it in the best of because music isn't a competitive sport, so we just basically pick songs that we really liked. And I know last year we kind of jumped back and forth between our playlists, but I like the fact that we'll take the two episodes to do this to break up our separate ones, and I feel like... I have a a tough act to follow. Like, I just want to just flat out and say, (laughs) this playlist might be one of the best playlists you've ever put together. Thank you. So after last year, I approached this whole process completely different in that I started a playlist and just kind of captured everything as the year progressed instead of waiting till November and then spending two and a half hours Googling, trying to remember when shit came out and being mad and then making a 60 song playlist and having to trim it down and blah, blah, blah. This year when shit came out, I just put it on a giant playlist and that made this playlist a lot easier because I was like, okay, I have this big playlist that's obviously like very bloated How can I kind of distill this down into my favorite things or, you know, whatever. Right. And if you didn't do that this year, um, try it for next year. See if it makes your life easier. Um, Actually, you're onto something because this is something I've done even back during like my iPod days. For each season, I will make not necessarily like a flowing playlist, but at least compile songs that I'm listening to in that particular season. And it could be new songs and old songs. But I guess in the case of what we've been doing, I've been doing mostly new songs. So I had Mm -hmm. one for spring, had one for summer, had one for fall. And I've been doing this for, honestly, decades. I don't know why I struggled so much in earlier years when we did this, because I could have just cherry-picked from those seasons and just picked out of these little chunks of playlists that I already made. What are my favorites out of this list? And honestly, I did not exactly what you did, but I did pick, you know, like I said, from those seasonal playlists and it made the process so much easier. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't stress out. I mean, there was that thing of like, there was so much stuff out because 2022 isn't into us. I know that reference isn't going to make a lot of (laughs) sense, but if you're a My Hero Academia fan, you know what's up. That's right. (laughs) But yet the soundtrack for this year was so good. We... And I say this without any hyperbole, have gotten, I think, some of the best albums and releases from some of our favorite artists and some artists that I maybe weren't even aware of. Yeah. And I think you did a really good job of capturing just a vibe. Like, the flow of your playlist is so crisp. There was stuff that I left off of this playlist that I wish was here, but it it messed up the flow. Oh, but we will do director's cuts like we did last year. Yes, for sure. I just want to say your first song, um, I Squeed. <laughs> I figured I figured you'd hate it, so I figured I should I should I should start the playlist off on a song that you would despise intensely. When have I ever hated a playlist <laughs> you've ever put together? Oh, jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I really thought about it. Like I took that literally. Like, like wait, was there something I hated? Because. There are two albums that came out this year that honestly could have just been our whole yeah, playlist. Been been the, the two episodes. <laughs> yeah. So I started my playlist off with The Liars Club from Coheed. The song slaps. <laughs> 
and it's wild. This song slaps, and this is actually meant to be complimentary. This is still somehow one of the like weakest songs on the album, despite it being fucking incredible. So I have a complicated relationship with Coheed in that there was a point in time in which this band was like my favorite band. I was obsessed with them. I was like heavily involved within that fandom, all of that stuff. And I have sort of fallen off heavily the last little bit. It has nothing to do with the band itself. I kind of got more hipstery and petty fandom bullshit is a thing. And some of the people that in my brain were sort of intrinsically tied to this band, I had complicated feelings about. So it kind of made it icky. And that's such a bummer because in that time in which all that was happening, Mm -hmm. the band themselves, I think, were putting out arguably, I think, some of their best work. And, And again, I get what you're saying, and I'm never dismissing that. Yeah. But I hate that that happened. And I hope that maybe some way you can hopefully rediscover it for yourself. You messaged me and you're like, Kohi did a pop punk song and it fucking rules. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And then I listened to it and you and I squeed about it. It was this very just sort of like fun, enjoyable moment in which I kind of remembered like, hey, this is why I liked this band. Mm hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say that I like wore this album out. Like I, I listened to it once or twice, but like this song in particular was just one of those things because of that weird little memory of just like us being excited about this song and being excited about a, like an upcoming album. It made me smile. And so. Aw, Bertie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sets a vibe. really does and this is why i love this album and this song because it evokes a little bit of a you know it's definitely a callback to an earlier era Mm -hmm. but it still sounds new yeah some of it's like pop punk some of it's very much like you know old school deep prog right the title track uh which we will get to because we are going to talk about this album in a full episode yes did a thing that I'm mad that it did a thing because it's a thing that I know I normally don't like, which is going to lead to another episode that I've been avoiding for ages. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a little bit. The one song he did, I think it was Batman, where essentially he's just like, one day I just got really stoned and tr- basically just like channeled the weekend of Michael Jackson. <laughs> And it just is a fun album. Like, yeah. Even with all like the deep sci-fi stuff, you could tell... They're just, and a lot of these songs on this playlist and a lot of the stuff that's going to be on mine, people were just like in the moment, like they were locked in. Mm-hmm. I almost want to like cut it in here. Um, that moment at the beginning, like right before the chorus comes in where it fades out and then the chorus comes in hard, like I fucking live for that. <laughs> yes. A million times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, next song is another song that kind of makes you want to run through a wall. Wage Wars, Get Rich, Die Handsome by the Mountain Goats. I have a friend who is obsessed with the Mountain Goats. We all have that one friend who is obsessed. (laughs) I'm just going to point that out. They exist. They're real. And if you know someone like that, call 1-800-TLAT. Yeah. (laughs) You may be entitled to compensation. Oh, shit. (laughs) Because it can get aggressive. 
Which is funny because what you just said about Coheed is how I feel about the Mountain Goats. Yeah. Because uh, their fan base is honestly, and again, this is no disrespect to the Mountain Goats, it starts to reach pavement levels of like intensity where I'm just kind of like, all right, chill out, y'all. Bruh. So um, he and I actually saw them earlier this year. And <laughs> again, like it's me. Like I'm kind of like, a, I would consider myself a casual fan of this band. I enjoy them. They're not necessarily something that I seek out constantly, but I do like the stuff that I've heard and it's all fine. We were standing around waiting for the show to kind of get started. And just like everyone around was just like, the most annoying person on Twitter acting like they know everything and just like talking about the most like obscure, like mound goats shit. I'm just like, we talked to a dude who was super duper nice, but he drove in from like Montana. And I'm like, you can't tell me that there wasn't a show closer to you. It depends. Cause like Missoula gets some shows like, bro, it's like a 14 hour drive. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> And then there are those people that are like, I bought tickets to see them again the next night in Detroit, and I'm just going to follow them around like it's fish. And I'm like, I'm just here because my friend likes a thing, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. That being said, they released an album this year of songs that were all based on like action movies. Like that was sort of the theme of the album. And they're all really fun. I figured this out kind of within listening to this album. The flavor of Mountain Goats that I like is the like kind of upbeat, more punk rock shit. I like when the guitars are plugged in. I kind of care a little less when the guitars are not plugged in. Oh, see, I'm definitely more the acoustic because that was kind of my entry point. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, the guitars are plugged in, it always felt alien to me, but not in a bad way. It's just like... Oh, yeah. It was like a Bob Dylan. Oh, my God. There's electric guitars. <laughs> Kill this man. Let me stop. <laughs> I hear feedback. Get him. <laughs> hey, what's good with him? <laughs> sorry, that's the worst Bob yeah. Dylan. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hear him coming. <laughs> Go <to> space. <laughs> Make him say, yeah. Da, da, da. Um. <laughs> oh my god somebody's gonna cancel us for that oh yeah that's definitely we're gonna be right up there with to that one let me stop whoops uh, i might cut that out <laughs> to be fair i'm not the one who stamped a bunch of books with a fake signature and then sold them for six hundred dollars that was someone else oh wait this isn't okay i'm definitely cutting that out <laughs> this isn't i'm definitely cutting that out as well Quit making more edits. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Making more work for us. This song is very fun. It's sort of upbeat. I think this was the second single. I think Training Montage came first. I don't remember. I was disappointed when we went to see them and they didn't play it. How do you not play your new shit? Isn't that kind of the rule? It wasn't the full band. It was just... um, Oh my God, I can't think of his name right now. I was going to say, a homeboy in the the other one. Oh, uh, John Darnielle. There you go. And then the other one that uh, was on that tour. Anyway, it was not the full band, so they didn't do a lot of 
plugged in shit. It was mostly acoustic stuff. Which... I would have been a jackass screaming, no children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I Thanks for that. fucking that one up, TikTok. Yeah. Also cut that out. <laughs> Next on my list. So this album came out in the spring. And I remember at one point asking you, hey, Pup's got a new album. Did you listen to it? And you were very much like, eh, no. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't hate Pup. I just, for some reason, it just missed me. And I remember exactly where I was standing when you texted me. And it's like, I remember that very much. And I'm being like, Pup has a new album. I was like, why wouldn't I have heard about that? Because yeah. I know people, once you told me that, then I go online, everybody's like, holy fuck, Pup's got a new album. Ah, like clawing at their faces. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. And then I finally listened to it. And I'm like, oh, this is good. So I listened to this album the first few times and there's like a thought in the back of my head and I'm like, this reminds me of something. And I just kind of kept listening to it and kind of kept thinking about it. And I realized it. This album reminds me of Young Modern, but it's like a version of Young Modern that you would like. (laughs) And you are absolutely correct. (laughs) You are 100% correct. Because the things that I like about Young Modern, it's kind of fun and upbeat and a little bit theatrical. And this album is also doing that, but it's not really upbeat. There's more noise. It's pups. They're they're more punk rock than Silverchair will ever be. And that's fine. Well, Silverchair was punk rock when they were flat. (laughs) (laughs) it's not entirely accurate you know it wow all right (laughs) this album is like the millennial version of that and i don't mean that in a like discerning sort of way (laughs) there's that like kind of particular brand of humor that uh, millennials didn't invent but i feel like we kind of perfected it that like the dog sitting in the room on fire saying this is fine, like that kind of shit. That's what this album is. <laughs> but in this like fun, overly theatrical sort of way. And totally fine is the kind of the like perfect encapsulation of that. I fucking love this song. The chorus again makes me want to run through walls. It's so good. <laughs> There's a song that I had put on my list, which I hadn't sent to you yet, Yeah. which I feel like we've done this a lot where you and I have a tendency to sometimes like pick similar bands for our year end list, mm-hmm. but the song choices we pick could not be more different, and it's fucking wild. Yes. And I love it, because, okay, maybe I didn't pick something for Pup, but there was a band on there that does have a similar vibe, but it's a lot less theatrical. <laughs> And I'm just like, oof, man, like, we are nothing but true to ourselves, if anything. (laughs) That's why these lists are fun. Because somebody can go to them and they're not going to love everything off of my list. They're not going to love everything off of your list. Pretty damn well better. (laughs) But with our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. Aww. (laughs) The next band this was legitimately just like spotify being like hey this band uh fits the shit that you listen to there was a lot of that this year and honestly as much as we bitch about the algorithm i got put on some cool shit this year yes real talk yes i think this is one of like three algorithm bands that made my 
my list this year. This is the Beths, Expert in a Dying Field, which is the title track from the album that came out this year. It's peak me. <laughs> it's like kind of like 90s, grungy, like female fronted surf rock shit. Again, it's like somebody made an album for me and then they put a 30 rock reference in it, which I don't think they're actually referencing it, but I cannot hear this song without thinking about that episode of 30 Rock where Liz, who is a television show writer, is worried that reality TV is going to overtake written television. And there's this bit in it where she's worried that she's going to become people whose jobs are no longer a thing. Like... (laughs) It's this like overly exaggerated like horror shot like alleyway where it's like it's a guy who's a travel agent and a guy who plays saxophone solos in rock songs. It's very funny. Every time I hear this song, that's what it makes me think of. So it's just like two of my favorite things put together and I like it. Now, coming to the next song, Words and Guitar. Mm-hmm. Courtney Barnett is somebody whom I love to death. Yep. Don't listen to enough of. Yep. And I'm going to say something, and you're probably going to cancel me for this. What? Remember that whole thing we had with the, the con covers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't like this? Because I saw Slater Kenny and Courtney Barnett. I'm like, oh, shit, that's a team up. Yeah. And then I realized there's no Slater Kenny. It's just to cover their songs, but obviously they get credited since, you know, it's theirs. Yeah. And I was very disappointed because I'm like... We missed out on the Courtney Barnett, Cora Tucker. Like, what the... F- like, why would you... That should have definitely been, like, a team-up. And I was so disappointed. It's a good song, but yeah. I was thinking, like, this was going to be, like, an Avengers Marvel team-up <laughs> kind of thing. And that is an Avengers movie for about 14 people. <laughs> but they're the 14 coolest people. I like this cover a lot. It made me happy. So I put it on here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, and I definitely understand why it's here. Yeah. Like I said, I was just disappointed because I saw two names, but there's technically only one. Yeah, which is fair. Lucy Dacus? 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 I have no idea how you say her last name. Doesn't matter. Anyway, she's one that has popped up in Spotify recommended shit to me before. I really liked this album. This song is very cute. Again, it's like sad, sapphic shit. So the vibe, it's there. It's good. I, th- this is one that like I, I don't unfortunately have a ton to say about it. I just I just really liked this song. And that's fine. We've done so many playlist episodes. I feel like not every song may necessarily get the same like level of discussion. Mm-hmm. But we have a Spotify page where you can listen to all these. Maybe if we don't have a whole lot to say, if you listen to it, it makes total sense why it's here. Mm-hmm. It flows so well. And honestly, it's a great lead-in to a band, an album, a song that, like, every so often there are certain bands when their albums come out and they get hyped. Like, crazy hyped. Yep. This is one of those rare cases where it lives up to the hype and more. Because, like, as someone who follows, like, Polyvinyl, like, they were, like, ramping this up. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Trust me, I'm locked in. <laughs> and then it got dropped. And I'm like, I didn't even know I needed this album until it hit. This was almost, like, metric for me in that regard. Yes. It's very good. It's just so good. Again, it's another one of those where, like, this is peak my shit. <laughs> 
it's just like the, all of the stuff that I tend to like in one song and in one album. Pharmacist is just such a good album. Again, I feel bad. This this kind of I don't have much to say about this song other than like it's really good and you should go listen to it. Because it definitely hits that. How can I put this? The indie rock of this year. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the music, even past genre, maybe it wasn't necessarily like the wave of the future, like this is the next big movement. It was just solid, you know? And I think that's the thing. It's like when we look at music of a year and especially like new stuff, Mm -hmm. we always look at it in a, it's going to be the next whatever. It's going to be the new, whatever the next big wave is. And it's like, no, the next big wave is just sincerity. It's just tight music. It's just genuine and i think that's what this and like kissing lessons were it's just solid and it's a lot of bands kind of figuring out like what is their specific sound what is their specific niche and really like distilling that into its perfect form or its near perfect form and i think that pharmacist was definitely that because like their albums are always great but this one i was just like no skips this this album rules (laughs) so good the next song is by a band that you might have heard of. It's this little indie band, The Real Obscure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like this is the year that they're going to break big. I think yeah. this is finally it. <laughs> this is it. This is the album. It's Teen and Sarah. We're going to talk about Teen and Sarah on our Teen and Sarah podcast. For a while, I was low-key disappointed that it took so long to get to it, because we're eight songs in, yeah. and I'm like, we're just now getting to Teen and Sarah, and I'm like, you know what, though? I fuck with it. That's because we started with our punk rock, more upbeat hard rock section, and then we went into our white ladies doing white lady shit section, <laughs> and it led to Tegan and Sarah. I would almost argue that Crybaby might be more punk rock than anything Blink-182 ever put out. Don't. <laughs> I'm just standing by it. Because what's more punk rock than just saying, fuck it, we're just going to do us, you know? That's That's true. The hardest part of making this playlist was deciding which Tegan and Sarah song I wanted to put on it, honestly. This isn't my favorite song off of this album, but I felt like I've heard Yellow enough, you've heard Yellow enough, we've talked about Yellow enough. Well, um, <laughs> I guess I'm altering my playlist then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying that. For me, I was like, I want to highlight a, a song that is also a vibe. And that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) I really like this song. Smoking Weed Alone. It's not about smoking weed alone. But it was just a song that it's it was a song that it despite being kind of not necessarily silly, but a song that was kind of more lighthearted, it sort of hit a lot closer to home this year with some stuff that has been going on in my in my life. I'm keeping it vague on purpose. But this song hit weirdly personal for me this year, and I really liked it, and it is on my playlist. I also want to shout out, because this next song wins the Twin Shadow Award for a song you didn't know you needed from um, an indie artist that you love a lot. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> this shit has some Alemania vibes where I'm like, is this the same song? And I don't mean that to be shitty. It's just like, this artist takes me specifically. Like, I want to be sitting in one of your lowriders at Los Santos throwing sticky bombs while, like, jamming to this. Yes. 
Toro Imoy put out a new album this year. Uh, turns out it's good. <laughs> yeah, to the surprise of no one. Yeah, who would have thought? Really fucking talented. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> who could have thunk in the year of our Lord 2022 that a Tory Boy song would be good? Yeah, I'm just as shocked as the next person. Like, goddamn, like, honestly, just cut to the theme song. We're good. <laughs> we cracked the code. <laughs> So I picked The Loop, which I think was the first single from this album. Um, if, how do I explain this? If like 70s soul is kind of something that you enjoy, but you'd like to see it sort of interpreted in kind of a modern way, that's this song. It's so good. <laughs> I feel like repetitive and redundant saying that all of these things are good. Hey, this playlist I built, I like it. But uh, this playlist I built, I like it. <laughs> this song grooves. Uh, welcome to the, the grooving part of the playlist. <laughs> yeah. Between Tegan and Sarah, Tori Moy, and then the next artist, which we'll intro in a minute. This year really was, I feel like, because we're 10 years out from 2010, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, 2020, really. But obviously, because of what 2020 was, we didn't really get a chance to look back at the decade that was. Yeah. And I feel like not until now that we're just it's slightly a little out of the fray, just a little bit. And I feel like this year really was this nice love letter to like 2010 specifically, because so many artists on here, a lot of them had very prolific careers you know in 2010 and had some major albums it's like this cool little time capsule but you also get the update where it's like hey where have they been turns out they're still around and they're still kicking fucking ass yeah it's like don't call to come back right we've been here for years all of our friends grew up and got cool yeah turns out um ditching some of your friends during a pandemic is a good thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh my god I know, as you say, aggressive. But also, I want to say, speaking of good riddance to bad rubbish, two-door cinema club, the best thing that happened this year, there was nothing funnier than when um, the queen died. Yeah. Basically, black Twitter and, like, Irish Twitter. Went fucking buck wild. This moment of unity that yep. was amazing. And it's basically just, like, a bunch of, like, black people dancing with two-door cinema tracks in the background. Yeah. It ruled. <laughs> it was so fucking cool. And I'm just like, this was a moment in history. And whatever happens to Twitter, like, this was a moment that will, this will never happen again. And it was so good. And Tudor Cinema Club honestly gets the power of more treatment. Because honestly, a lot of people who fuck with them, I realize look more like me. And it's amazing. Yeah. What's funny is, like, to me, I got introduced to them through a friend whose friend was dating someone in the band so like for a while it was one of those like oh this is just like my friend's friend's boyfriend's like weird pop band and then like i actually listened to it i'm like oh this slaps actually (laughs) never mind (laughs) i guess they broke up a long time ago so like that's whatever Uh, the thing that pissed me off about this album is that this album came out in like september and it's like the perfect summer album and summer was over (laughs) (laughs) so i was trying to like 
groove on like dancing shit did not feel appropriate like entirely i feel like the summer album generally speaking is Mm -hmm. a tad overrated because you know for a while there were so many artists who were like they were trying to get that summer anthem like to be like that one song that like carried people throughout the entire season where it felt like they were trying too hard but i felt like this came at just the right time where if it's too hot you're not you're not partying today you're gonna be (laughs) hunched over Damn near vomiting, Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Glistening, unladylikely. (laughs) There's a glistening where it's a cascading. (laughs) Because I don't do well on heat. So, like, I, this album would have been like, fuck y'all. Like, you're over here partying or whatever. I'm just here in the struggle. Like, this isn't fun. I know, but I, it's the perfect kind of album to be like, it's, you know, late August and it's nighttime and you're driving too fast with the windows down kind of shit. That was what I wanted. And it came out like six weeks too late. It does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity, but I was just glad to have them back because it's not like it was so long, but it felt much longer than it was. Yeah. Like I kind of fell in love with them all over again. Yeah. This album was, again, another one of those albums where uh, it wasn't reinventing the wheel or anything. I think it was two-door cinema club figuring out, like, this is our sound, this is our niche, and doing it, like, executing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So good. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with the band knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. When you hear that they have a new release, you kind of know the general vibe of what they're going to bring you. Maybe there's a little bit of tweaks here and there. And I, I, I feel like we got this thing where that became a bad thing. And it can be. But sometimes it's okay to just stay in your lane and just provide a solid groove. Yeah. Sometimes you just like need that party that you were robbed of. And I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> I'm sorry that you you couldn't rock your pineapple sunnies. I mean, God, I need some. I just am hipster trash. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so literally the next song is on here because I went, um, I haven't heard a new thing from my friend Lil Nas X in a while. I wonder what he's been up to. And apparently he had been up to uh, making a song for League of Legends. It slaps so hard. (laughs) The cosplay was so good. (laughs) I like, it's me. I know almost nothing about League of Legends other than like everyone, their fucking mom plays it. It's like one of those like esport Rocket League bullshit games. But this song makes me like, it makes me want to play video games. It makes me want to kick ass. Like I put this song on and was playing it while I was finishing up my Mass Effect 3 Insanity Run with Bankership. It's just a perfect video game vibe. I love it. It's so good. And I like the fact that even if you know nothing about League of Legends, nah. nothing at all, it's still a good song. And shout out to Lil Nas X for constantly reminding us every time he releases something and it blows up everybody's like all right this is it he's done he's like nope i still got more i still got more in the chamber right i was like talk your shit dude (laughs) so now at this point he could just provide the bangers without having to like constantly validate his existence right and he can get that league of legends money good for him (laughs) everyone walks away happy love that for all of us so i'm gonna put you to task real quick bergy what's up (laughs) So, you know I love you. Yep. You're like one of my favorite people in the whole world. I'm about to get yelled at. This sucks for me. 
But congratulations, you found your space prison. <laughs> it's Doom Scroller. Sweet revenge. Finally, <laughs> justice for Adrian. I was like, this woman, I love her to death for what? Almost 20 episodes got on me about my dark sentencer from Coheed. It is just like, and guess what? Fuck it. Doom Scroller. Great song. 20 minutes. <laughs> Fucking 25 minute space prison song. Oh my god. But I know. Metric. <laughs> metric. God damn, metric. You hit me up being like, um, Metric has a new album out. And I was like, wait, what? Like yeah. the whole world shut down. <laughs> and Ashley Berge, this shit rocked my fucking world. It's so good. Not that we're ranking, but if I were to pick a top three, it's Kohi, Tegan, and Sarah, but honestly, Metric might be in that top three, bro. I have a very, I don't, I don't know if concern is the right word. Um, I'm very concerned that my like most played artist for this year is Metric instead of Tegan and Sarah, like ruining my like eight year streak. <laughs> I looped this album into the sun. I listened to it so much. And considering Tegan and Sarah have been that for me for the past like eight years, it feels like it feels like I let them down. <laughs> and in all reality, if that does come to pass, because um, as of this recording, the raps haven't been released yet. If it does come to pass, like all it really means is that like Tegan and Sarah waited until fucking end of October to release their album, and that's not my fault. That's theirs. <laughs> so it's I get it. That's so much of. I don't want to say your identity, but... I love them so much. They kind of became the basis for yeah. this show and part of our friendship. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, you like them any less. If nothing else, I just think it shows the strength of Metric where they put out something that I think stands just as high as one of your favorite artists, you know? Mm-hmm. They were legit just in their bag. And I don't think I've listened to a Metric album I disliked. And as someone who stood very proud to say that Synthetica, I thought was their best album, blows it out of the water. This album is definitely my favorite of theirs now. It captures, I think we talked about this on the Halloween playlist episode. This album is is weirdly intense and kind of what is the word i'm looking for this album focuses a lot on like dread there's this intense sort of just like dislike of of technology and kind of feeling kind of like big brothery about it that i really like about this album and that really resonated with me this year as we kind of watch Twitter become something that we're not huge fans of and, you know, Facebook being what it was, even though I'm not on Facebook, but like, as we've kind of seen social media, hopefully this is kind of the beginning of the downfall of it. This album just kind of hit with me. I, yes, I like doom scroller. Yes. It's a 10 minute song about doom scrolling. I don't care. <laughs> you still have your 17 minute, space prison song hell yeah <laughs> but like one thing i do appreciate about this song is when it comes to social commentary there's this fine line where like it often can run the risk of being like a little self-indulgent yeah. and like 
a little preachy. Yeah, old man yells at Cloud kind of shit. This song feels like a garbage song to me in that it's not really casting a judgment. It's more just processing a thing that's happening. Um, I was sad because they toured and the closest they came was Chicago and we weren't going up Chicago for that. (laughs) (laughs) Katie and I went up to Chicago to see Tegan and Sarah and were reminded that uh, going up to Chicago is kind of a pain in the ass. That's not something that I want to do all the time. There are better places to go see a show, I guess is the moral of the story. Next song. We've said many times, we've we've threatened slash promised many times to make this podcast a Megan the Stallion fan podcast. The new album's so good. I really like it. I get that it's not WAP. It's a great album that like should not have even had to have been written in the first place. Yeah. That's the shitty part about it is that like you can tell so much of this album is coming from some shit that a person doesn't need to deal with. I actually had another song here from this album and then I switched it (laughs) (laughs) because I remember listening to this album the first way through and I remember hearing the beginning of the song and I was like, that is not the fucking Fallout 4 music. Oh uh, yeah, Are you it is. fucking for real. And then I like, <laughs> I had to pull up the the theme and play the theme, and I was like, "That is amazing! I love it so much. It's so good." I put "Ungrateful" in here, which I think is the second single from this album. Megan just gets better and better, honestly. And like, mm-hmm. okay, I will admit, I didn't immediately fall in love with good news as much as i did previous releases but i feel like on this one for better for worse she really tapped back into that tina snow era Mm -hmm. and just went for it and it's unfortunate that a lot of this had to be addressed but yeah i think at the same time it needed to be said Shout out to trash dudes who constantly make themselves, you know, the center of the conversation when people just trying to live all right like stop this (laughs) you don't want to be the center of attention you know you'd never want to fleet with max situation was like how bad did you fuck up that like (laughs) (laughs) i love the the your you being a man of of class that was going to be your reference i was about to mention bean dad so uh So despite the fact that you run the Twitter page, we know who's on Twitter more. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking trash. Oh, my God. Like, how? I'm trying to figure out what had, like, a more ridiculous trajectory. Was it Bean Dad or Balloon Kid? (laughs) Because, like, I will lament if Twitter does really eventually go down. Uh, There are these pockets where it's just... It's so fun to watch from an outsider's perspective because this one bad tweet rocketed into the air and then crashed so spectacularly in this, like, almost poetic fashion. Like, the trash bag from American Beauty in tweet form. (laughs) That's beautiful. You spoke poetry. I love that. Huh? Because, my God... Was it worth it, my guy? You could have just not said anything and we would have not been any wiser. He fucked up 
he fucked up his whole bag too. And it fucking sucks because I love the long winters. You made my brother, my brother and me have to get a new theme song. What the fuck, yo? Dude, I guess the crew compartment (laughs) is breaking up. (laughs) I will say, though, I don't know if you um, have listened to the new theme song. It does slap. It's she, uh, Montaigne is the artist and she's very good. She also almost had a spot on this playlist, but I took her off because she did not. I couldn't get that. I couldn't get it to fit. She did a really cool song with David Byrne, actually. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, I'll link it to you. Boo. <laughs> There's no truth to this art. But it didn't fit in here. And <laughs> once you fair. hear it, you'll understand why it didn't fit in I here. I know, but it's also David Byrne. So I know. And also, where's my follow-up to Love the Giant? Uh, he's busy doing other stuff. I know, but my God. Anyway. <laughs> the next one, talking about 2010's indie. I was going to say, speaking of uh, being busy doing other stuff. <laughs> this is 2010's back in pog form. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was and still am a Danger Mouse stan. Hell yeah, let's go. Funny enough, I was just listening to the Grey album earlier today. Fucking genius. It's so good. It still holds up. Even though that that shit was kind of worn into the ground. That album, <laughs> and for a while, that was kind of what we were doing. But between that, like Dark Knight of the Soul, uh, what was the album he did with Karen O? Shit, I don't remember what it's called. I know what you're talking about, though. The Nora Jones stuff, like everything with the exception of fucking Chili Peppers. But like there was a time where if Danger Mouse was on your shit, it was gold. I mean, fucking Beck. My God, Modern Guild. So good. The album he did with Portugal the Man's great, too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting new Broken Bells. Neither were you. Mm-mm. I don't think anybody else really was either. I kind of figured this was just like a relic of, you know, 20, 2012 or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, Spotify was like, hey, yo, we got new Broken Bells for you. And I'm like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. And then it turned out it was uh, gloriously good. Because of all of the Danger Mouse projects, mm-hmm. he and James Mercer have such a fucking amazing chemistry. Yeah. Every time they're on a track together, it's just art. And when you sent this to me, again, it was a lot of this, like, I didn't know I needed this until I listened to it. And I legit was like that Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> like, out, like out of his body. <laughs> yeah. Tumbling around. <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't think you needed Broken Bells back in your life, invite them in. <laughs> Let them into your heart. The tail end of this playlist, by the way. Like, now you're hitting my shit. <laughs> where I'm just feeling feelings for no fucking reason. Like, yeah, I'm floating in space. That's right. <laughs> the, yeah, welcome to the, the floating in space portion of the playlist where <laughs> we're hitting the tail end here. Speaking of floating in space, it's a band genetically engineered to make music to make you feel like you're floating in space. Um, <laughs> Beach House. I loved this album. I remember talking about this album on an episode. I don't remember what episode it was, but I do remember we talked about it a little bit. This album is almost too much music. This is overwrought in the best way. Yeah. I don't know if you can say that it's too much, but it's kind of a lot. 
I really liked Pink Funeral. This is, again, one of those albums that is perfect to sit in your dark room with your Tom DeLonge candle and feel some feelings, or it's perfect to just have on in the background while you're, you know, doing Excel spreadsheets. Not that I would know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) This is another one where I would not be surprised to find out that this album and this song in particular... Got a lot of plays on my shit. Because this album came out pretty early in the year. My God, this last song. <laughs> no, you have to understand. I was I was having lunch. I was just walking. And this comes on. And keep in mind, like when I was listening to this playlist, I wasn't looking at the track listing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Music just starts. And then once the vocals hit, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. What, oh, oh. What, what, wait, 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 hold up. <laughs> All of a sudden, I had a I had a tambourine in one hand. I had a, a a church fan in the other. I suddenly was at my grandmother's church during a revival. Like when we talk, you know, we talk about covers, right? Yes. And like the covers we like and what they do. Yes. This is the Whitney Houston "I Will Always Love You" like, and shout out to Dolly Parton. But Whitney's like, this is mine now, and this shit is no longer Green Day's. Green Day has now officially forfeit this track. That's right. God so- damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took Spotify a few years, but all of a sudden earlier this year, I started getting a lot of like, <laughs> it was like Spotify did the wrist thing and was like. Are you cool? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Took fucking 10 years of me playing Tegan and Sarah and all kinds of other queer ass nonsense for you to figure it out. I'm proud of you. Good job. <laughs> so then I started getting lots of like rainbowy playlists and Amethyst Kia, I believe is her name. This was an artist I found on one of those playlists. This wasn't the original song that I heard. She did a cover of um, Love Will Tear Us Apart. I'll need that in my life. Yeah, which is also very good. And that was sort of the thing that led me to listen to this album. And I was like, this song came on and I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a cover of Hitchin' a Ride by Green Day. You know, that kind of mid-Green Day song from, like, 1997? Wait, first off, how dare you? <laughs> I like that song. I do, too. But it is that, it's that weird sort of in-between Dookie and, and the album that everyone kind of likes, but doesn't really age very well. What, Insomniac? No, no, no. Oh, the other one. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, how dare you talk about now? That's two for two, but no, fuck American <laughs> Idiot. I'm sorry. There's a part of me that thinks that American Idiot would be a, f- a fun episode. I don't know. I feel like that album has probably aged like a fine milk. I don't see it resonating with me in the present or future years, but I think it could be fun to talk some shit. I feel like that album's importance was placed on them by outside forces and they just kind of absorbed it because it was just a decent album when it first came out but then we were kept being told it was the most important thing to ever come out of like the bush era and i'm like no (laughs) there is hi this is uh ashley's youtube corner this is me uh welcoming you to my corner of youtube bullshit Lindsay ellis 
who I don't think is on YouTube anymore, did a video essay about the 2000s in regards to like protest music. Essentially, to kind of distill a 45-minute YouTube video into like, you know, 30 seconds. So 9-11 happened, and that was a thing. We had a lot of like pro-America bullshit that happened. Then the Dixie Chicks tried to not be entirely pro-America, and that did not work out well for them. No, not at all. (laughs) And then for a while, we made a bunch of music about nothing. And then the 2004 election happened. And before that election happened, everybody was kind of like, yeah, this guy's not so great and made some music kind of saying that this guy wasn't so great. And then he won that election legitimately because he is good and cool. And then music kind of fell off from there. But kind of in between the Dixie Chicks and all this stuff from the 2004 election was this weird Green Day album that managed to be protesty, but didn't really speak to anything overly specific. And it managed to be like kind of one of the only like mainstream successes of that type of music from that era. Which is weird because it's like the body of the blood in the machine was right fucking there. <laughs> there. She talks a little bit about this, too, because this was stuff that, like, I remember, like, again, like, you're saying that, and I'm sitting there, like, Anti-Flag was right there, like. <laughs> but Anti-Flag was always there. And they're still there, and I love them for it. Right. The Rock Against Bush compilations are very good, though. Yes. Those were also there, and they're great. Weird way to end this playlist. We can cut this out if you want. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we ended this on a kind of a downer note. Well, it's kind of been a weird fucking downer year, but honestly, what saved it was the music. So normally, these playlists are kind of an excuse for me to not only sort of put together like what I liked musically about this year, but to kind of create some sort of thesis statement or something, I don't Mm -hmm. know, where I like kind of do a little bit of like self-reflection and be like, all right, what did I get out of this? You know, I have to put a bow on something. And... I didn't do that this year. Like, I, I've got a playlist here. It's a good playlist. I like it a lot. But as far as, like, it helping me to sort of synthesize this year into something, I don't know. It left me feeling a little bit defeated. Not in a, um apathetic kind of way. But sometimes things are just what they are. Like, not everything needs to be a commentary on, like, the world at large. Sometimes the art just exists in this particular time. And, yeah, people, of course, talked about what's going on in their lives. Like, we just spent the last hour or hour and a half talking about. But I think that's okay. Like, I don't think that's anything to be disappointed about. You just found a bunch of music you thought was cool. This is stuff you enjoyed. And I don't really see that being a problem. I think that's actually great. Sometimes you just want to get out of your head and just enjoy things. I know that you're right. And I'm saying that to myself, by the way. I'm not just saying that to like. I was going to say, I I fully acknowledge the correctness of the statement that you just made. But like the overthinking part of my brain is like, that's not that's not right. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) And I think that's what was so fun about your list. And I guess when we get to mine was that how many times and did we just message each other like, Hey, this artist has a new song out, a new album coming out. And we were just excited. We're not thinking about anything other than just being excited that like music we like and artists we admire are putting out new stuff. Yeah. 
So bands that did not make my list, but you should still go listen to the album. Soccer Mommy put out an album this year. It's fucking amazing. Go listen to it. It's really good. Who else released shit this year? Uh, Phoenix did. It's good. Uh, you should check it out. Again, it's one of those where like they they didn't really reinvent the wheel. Um, it's a little different, but I feel like they've kind of just figured out like this is who we are and this is the type of music that we make and we're gonna make it and it's good. I wanted to like the Midlake album. It didn't speak to me on a molecular level the way that I hoped it would. There was some other stuff that I'm trying to think of. We got a, a whole second episode to do this on. I know. You got all the good stuff, and then now it's mine. <laughs> the joys of going first. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, well, do your homework on time. Shall we tell the the fine people where they can find us? As of right now, um, unless otherwise specified, we are still on Twitter at TLAT Podcast, uh, where I am. Ashley runs the Instagram, which is also TLAT Podcast. We have an email address, which is TLAT Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Basically, we're all the apps you get your fine podcast these days also we do have a page on spotify for our music playlists and also i hope you're going to our website which is adrianisissues.com slash tlat podcast ashley has been putting on a fucking clinic <laughs> now i don't like to hype myself up i think i'm a decent writer but ashley has this legit talent that i don't know if she even realizes i'm gonna put you on blast real quick <laughs> you have such a great wit and like fun sense of humor that i like a lot and you're missing out on some art so like okay if you're going to need the other apps read the descriptions there's so much fucking fun <laughs> and if you're at our website definitely read them i think that's probably the most fun i have doing the show is ashley's write-up like what am i gonna get hit with this time <laughs> so thank you for that and i know that doesn't always come easy so i appreciate you friend well thank you um i'm trying to think it was one of the Halloween episodes where I rewrote a chunk of the opening song for Beauty and the Beast to be about Nightmare Before Christmas. I think that's my favorite one, honestly. That one was the one that was the it was the hardest to do, but I felt the most rewarded by it. Just to remind you, as long as Twitter exists, we are still the number one podcast blocked by Smash Mouth on Twitter. That is correct. I hope that your playlist does not get swallowed by a whale. Um, however, the acoustics are going to be fucking phenomenal. Like, honestly, listen to Doom Scroller inside of the whale. <laughs> that's that's my new life goal. That's how I want to go out. Dolby Atmos could never. <laughs> Good fuck, night, everybody. Fuck a Viking funeral. I want to get swallowed <laughs> by a whale. <laughs> Take care, y'all. That's right. I was walking with the 